Hello and welcome to Takeover Tuesday, and I'm your host, Dermot Buffini. And as you know, once a month, I take over the Brian Buffini Show, where I interview people who've been there and done that. People who've achieved superior performance in different areas of life. And you know, in each of the guests that I've had on, there's been a common theme and a common recommendation. And that each person had said at some stage they've gone outside of themselves to seek some support, whether that's a mentor, a mastermind group, a coach, an outside perspective. Today, you know, life is so busy and it just feels like it continues to get faster and faster and faster. And if you talk to everybody, they'll say, I'm really busy. It's like a badge of honor that we wear. But there's one thought that I always have, which is you might be busy, but are you being productive? And being productive is so much better than being busy. And I think that's why People recommend coaching. They recommend finding an outside perspective. Somebody can help you to differentiate between the busy work and the productive work. And today, I have an expert with me who will help us get away from the busy work to the productive work, and that's our VP of Coaching, Dave McGee. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Glad to be here. Great. Well, Dave, today I wanted to kind of get into a little bit about the coaching process. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What should it feel like? And also, just even even for those folks, there's many people on here who already have a coach, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people who maybe there's a lot of mystery about the coaching process and the business and what does it look like. And then there's also some folks here who are probably never going to get a coach, but maybe we could provide some useful tips for them to consider that they could apply right away, right after listening to this podcast. So Great. I want to get into some of that, but before we do that... I do want to get a bit of background on you. So, Dave, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Born and raised in California. Never lived in one city more than about four years until (laughs) after graduating college. (laughs) But the town I consider my hometown is a small northern California town called Oroville. It's about 90 miles north of Sacramento, 20 miles southeast of Chico. Mm, Great. Know it well. Yeah. You know, you had your guest Shane Sweeney from Instagram, and he said he grew up in paradise. I think I was one of three people who actually knew where paradise was, because that's just right next door. Apparently, it's a hotbed. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was it like growing up? What sort of a kid were you? What's your path to Buffini and Company? I was uh, kind of a normal kid. Grew up in a normal family. We were Leave it to Beaver type family. You know, All right. it was my mom, my dad, my brother, and I. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I was always interested in kind of learning and, and reading. Enjoyed playing sports, but never good enough to do it at a decent level. Mm-hmm. But, you know, typical kid. That's one of your passions. Yeah, I love sports. So after high school, what did you do? Came down to San Diego State. I was at San Diego State long enough to get a PhD. No. Yeah, I left with a BA. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... Uh, Hey, yeah. got it. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. So lived in Southern California. Yeah. Then what did your professional career happen? You ever got to college, you did what? You know, uh, while I was in college, I was a part-time bank teller and wanted to get into the finance side of banking and talked with one of the executives at the bank I was working at and said, hey, here's what I want to do. And he said, hey, your degree's in communication. You'd probably be on the operations side. So it didn't sit well with me. So I said, I, I want to be on the finance side, the lending side. Instead of trying to pursue that, I said, I'll go the easy route. And I went to work for a finance company. And we were essentially legalized loan sharks. Oh, nice. We made uh, bad loans to people who couldn't afford oh, them. Yeah, and very high interest. Yeah. And at some point, I was talking to my manager. And I said, hey, we're making a lot of bad loans. We should probably make some good loans and start collecting the bad debt. And he said, uh, yeah, sounds good. You become the debt collector. Oh, so, nice. Did that for a while. Can't see you doing that, Dave. You know, it, it was not a good experience. And, and the final straw was I actually had to uh, go repossess a bed. Oh, nice. And I, I knock on a door, and a woman answers the door, single mom, baby in one arm, other hand holding the hand of her second child, and the only piece of furniture in the house hmm. was the bed I was going to take away. So I went back, told her to keep the bed, told my boss I couldn't do it. He said, yeah, it's probably time we part ways. So, yeah, right. It's not the line of business you're in today. Exactly right, yeah. You were also in uh, radio. I was, yeah. How did that come about? (laughs) 
So I leave the finance job, and it's uh, kind of the end of May, and I'm living down in Pacific Beach in San Diego. In fact, not too far from where Brian used to sell his T-shirts. Nice. At the same time, he was selling T-shirts. I know exactly where his <laughs> T-shirt stand was. And so I just said I'd spend the next three months. My job was going to be living at the beach. And eventually my dad said, hey, it's probably time you go do something else. And I was a little bit conflicted. What am I going to do? He said, you always like sports. You have a communication degree. Go become a sports writer or a sportscaster. And so I moved back up to Oroville, small town. Figured you got to start in a small market. Banged on a few doors. I uh, went to the local radio station. Said, hey, I want to be a sportscaster. Said, hey, we don't have any on-air jobs. Sorry. And I left. And I wrote him a personal note. Wow. And a couple of days later, he called and said, I don't have any on-air jobs, but I have a sales job. And uh, if you take that, I'll let you do the uh, color commentary for our high school Football games of the week. And he told me later, he said he didn't even have a sales job open. The mm-hmm. only reason he hired me was he was impressed by the personal note wow. and figured sales job wasn't going to cost him anything because it was 100% commission. So, <laughs> yeah. But you took the opportunity and you got on the air. Yeah. And you did the broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And from there, you ended up uh, getting into the real estate business. Yeah. 10 years uh, in radio and, you know, I got to interview some great. I actually interviewed George W. Bush before he was president in the no sit way. down one on one interview. Really? Yeah. It's, I got to interview some great people. And one of the gentlemen I interviewed was a guy by the name of Sid Thrift, who at the time was the general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm. And off air, I asked him, what do you do when you don't have a baseball job? And he said, I have my real estate license. So Mm. if I get fired from a baseball job, I crank up my real estate (laughs) business. And when I get another baseball job, I dial it back. (laughs) And radio was similar. You didn't know know, if you're Mm going to have a job from one day to the next. So I decided I'd get my real estate license. Always had an aptitude for it, too. Got that and was doing it part-time. The radio job was, I did a lot of morning shows, so I'd be four to noon on the air, and then noon to seven, I'd sell real estate. Mm-hmm. And, and so from there, you got intrigued in the whole coaching process. I know you're a big personal growth and development guy. Yeah. And you found out about Buffini Company, and you applied for a job as a coach, and, and a coaching career started. Yeah, I was, I was referred in by somebody who was coaching at the company, and I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. I liked what I was doing, and mm-hmm. he said, let's come take a look at the company. So I walked in, and I, I saw the, the mission statement and the core values on the wall, and then I noticed everybody in the building, and it was clear that this was a company where the mission statement and the core values just weren't on a document. It's, it's something that everybody lived. And I said, I do want to work here. So I applied for the job. Mm-hmm. Didn't even get an interview. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I called the HR director at the time and said, hey, I think there may have been a mistake. And I had the person who <laughs> referred me in, you know, walk me around so I could meet her in person and uh, eventually got the interview and got the job as a business coach. So a little perseverance there, a little yeah. persistence. I like it. Yeah. And so you had a career as a coach. Mm-hmm. You were coaching 70, 80 people. You did a great job. Yeah. And then uh, about four or five years ago, we needed a VP of coaching, somebody to head up the coaches, and you were uh, the unanimous choice. Yeah. So I want to kind of get into a little bit of the um, coaching business. You know, this is a, it's still a relatively new industry. I mean, it's probably 20 years old, and, yeah. and it's kind of, there's a bit of mystery about it. But business coaching in the coaching industry is quite an industry. And I know you participate a lot. You speak at a lot of industry events. You're a big proponent of the coaching world, as we are at Buffini Company. But it is a big industry, isn't it? Yeah. I'm obviously an advocate for Buffini Company, but I'm an advocate for the coaching industry. And it is. It's a $12 billion mm. industry, and it's growing at about 6% a year. Mm. It's a growing industry. There are more than 98,000 business coaches. 
it's a big industry. It's growing, but it's still a relatively new industry, and there's a lot of a lot of mystery. I think it's you know when I first got the job as a business coach, I didn't tell anybody I was a business coach mm-hmm. because it was still kind of well, what is a business coach? I told mm-hmm. people I was a business consultant, mm-hmm. and now I think it's much more accepted. But there's mm-hmm. still a little bit of I don't get why somebody needs a business coach, mm-hmm. right? Or I don't know why somebody needs a health coach. Mm-hmm. There's still a little mystery behind it. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, there's lots of help out there. That's yeah. the good news. Yeah. Is. I mean, we're talking about where do you go? There's a lot of different styles. There's a lot of different segments in the industry. There's lots and lots of help. You know, obviously, I think coaching is, is very familiar in the sporting world. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe we can talk about that a little bit sure. as regards the impact that coaches have on players, the impacts that coaches have on teams. And then we can kind of migrate back into the business world because there's a lot of correlation. Mm-hmm. I know you still a lot of coaching, but what are the correlations between, let's say, the sports world and the in the business world? Well, you know, I think if you look at a, I'll just take the University of Alabama, just won the national championship in football. Nick Saban consistently has his team performing at a high level in the national championship conversation. He's got a good system that works, mm-hmm. that he recruits to, and he gets good talent to go in there. But mm-hmm. as a coach, what he does is he gets the best out of his talent, mm-hmm. right? And I mm-hmm. think that's where the real correlation is mm-hmm. in coaching. It used to be, you know, back in the day, the coach was a, a mean old man with a whistle, and he'd just yell at you and, mm-hmm. and, you know, tell you to do things, and you did it. And that's not the way athletic coaching is anymore, and that's not what business coaching is. Mm-hmm. It, it really is about finding the unique strengths of the individual that's in front of you and help drawing out the best mm-hmm potential in that. Right, because, you know, I don't need one more person yelling at me. Right. I don't need one more person telling me to what to do. Right. Um, you know, life is busy. Yeah. And also, I, I'm harder on myself than anybody else is. Sure. So maybe what we could do is just kind of talk a little bit about what is coaching? What happens in coaching? What should it look like? What should it feel like? What is the process? Because you're the coach of our coaches. Yeah. So what is the process? Well, How does it work? Let me go back a little bit to what is coaching. Because okay. And you said, I don't want anyone telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. You're somebody who seeks outside counsel and coaching and a mm-hmm. lot of different areas, right. right? You bring in a lot of coaches to Buffini, and they don't call themselves coaches necessarily. They're consultants, but right. they're coming in and, yeah. and looking at our operation and yep. coaching us. So why would you bring in an outside consultant? Well, I think why I bring them in is because ultimately we're very busy in our business, mm-hmm. and you have to be very intentional to get outside of yourself because you can't see, you don't have an outside perspective. You're dealing with the problems of the day, the issues that pop up. And so what I find is that you bring somebody in who has, as you say, maybe a track record, has accomplished something, somebody that you connect with, that I connect with anyway, and I tell them what we do, and I ask them questions such as, what do you think about this? Um, what would you do if you were me? Uh, a lot of times they're very quick to understand the business mm-hmm. or the symptoms of the business, but they'll often ask a question that they'll say, hey, this might be a stupid question, but why do you guys do it this way? And a lot of times I don't have a good answer for that. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a signal for me to go, mm, if I don't have a good answer for it, then why in the heck are we doing it? Sure. If you can't explain it. So I think they always have the outside perspective. They're unattached. They're unattached to the outcomes. They're not as emotionally invested. And they just ask good questions that are generally based around some principle that they know that works or, you know, some business practice that they know if you implement it, it's going to work. So that, that's why I bring them in. And my view of our business gets a lot bigger when I invite somebody else in to look at the same problem. Sure. And, and the people you're bringing in aren't in the coaching industry, right? No. They're executives in other right. industries. Right. And so you get a different perspective. Right. And, and that's the same thing, I think, when you talk about the coaching process. That's what we do, mm-hmm. right? So we don't need to be an expert in your business. Mm-hmm. You're an expert in your business. Mm-hmm. You know what to do. But what happens to individuals are just what you said that their vision becomes limited. Mm -hmm. They're so caught up in their own world Mm -hmm. that sometimes they've lost sight of what they're even really trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So from a coaching perspective, one of the first things we want to find out is what is it you're really going after? What's the true end game? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's an exploration process. Mm -hmm. I I think I want to earn a quarter of a million dollars. 
but it's not really about the quarter of a million dollars. Mm-hmm. It's about what's that going to do for you. And so mm-hmm. we want clarity on what the end game is. And then we're going to ask a lot of questions about why that's important, what's gotten in the way in the past. We're going to challenge your perspective. And I think that's the benefit of coaching. Mm-hmm. We are able to stand up on a cliff and see a much wider view because we're not in the weeds mm-hmm. and we're detached from the outcome. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And and so what are some of the challenges in coaching people? People. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I often ask people the question of, what do you want? Mm. And a lot of times they can't tell you what they right. want. But you, they'll very quickly tell you what they don't want. Mm-hmm. And I often think that if people say, well, I don't want to be in debt. Okay, great. Well, let's get you on a budget. You know, yeah. I don't want to be missing my kid's game. Okay, let's put them you know, in your calendar. Yeah. It is an appointment. Sure. How long is it? Is it all different? Time? People are so different that yeah. some people come in and go, hey, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Or do people fight you and go, you know, the, the discovery process of what you really want, does that take long? Is that a bit of a battle or how does that typically go? It can be. And it, I mean, it's people are unique, right? And we're going to coach everybody differently based on who they who they naturally are. I got an example of a woman I used to coach, Allison Craig. She came in. She did exactly, here's what I want to accomplish. She knew what she wanted to accomplish. She was open to changing what she was doing. And if we made a suggestion, she adopted it. Mm-hmm. She retired at 38 years old, mm-hmm. right? Other people, it's you're going to have to massage it a little bit. And it's a lot of asking questions. It's a lot of, well, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's experience what it's like to get what you don't want. Tell me why you don't want that. And we might kind of draw somebody into what they don't want over a good period of time and, and let them experience that pain mm. of what they don't want mm. until all of a sudden they start to bounce up on the other side and, it's, you know, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Great. Now let's explore that mm-hmm. to get them there. So it's, it's a process. And a lot of times it's people come to us and they want to earn more money. Mm. They want to have more stability in their finances. Yeah. But that's not always the place we start, is it? You know, I, I was talking at one of our Game Changer events in Fort Worth and I was talking to one of our clients and she came up to me and she said, hey, I just want to thank you for my coach, Millie Chase. And I said, great, what is it that you're getting out of Millie? And she started with the business. You know, I got in because here's how much money I wanted to make and here's how many transactions I wanted. And quickly she went to, but that's not what I'm getting out of it. Mm -hmm. I've got more time with my family. I've got more balance in my life. And her eyes teared up as she was telling the story. Mm -hmm. We were coaching her on her business, but we were helping her use her business as a means to the life she wants versus becoming a slave to her business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always great to have somebody in your corner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But we, you know, you said it earlier, it's like we're working with 41 different industries. Yeah. And I know we've worked with attorneys. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't have to write a legal contract. Right. No. So what are the principles that apply across the board? I mean, you know, as you said, you don't have to be in that industry. We didn't go looking for those people to coach. Right. People just came looking for help. Yeah. So kind of where's kind of the starting point? I know you said, what do you want? But yeah. then what would you say is kind of a symptom that most people are coming on the coaching call with? Like, what would you say is a common, a common symptom? You know, I think the biggest thing, and I don't know if it's a symptom of our time, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something we see across the board with people, and that is overwhelm. Mm. People are overwhelmed right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they may have very clear goals on what they want to accomplish. Now, most people don't. Most people have an idea of what they want, and we help them clarify that. But they may have very clear goals of what they want to accomplish. They may know exactly what they need to do. And they're in the midst of chaos and overwhelm, and just they can't get past that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing we're seeing right now is a common mm-hmm. threat. I think you're bringing up a great point because I think a lot of times how I want to attack overwhelm is by going faster. Mm-hmm. Like if I just blast through it, if I hit the gas, then it won't be overwhelmed anymore. Right. And a lot of times that causes a little bit more overwhelm, sure. not just for me, but for others. Right. So what are some of the things we can do to kind of calm the chaos and get focused on 
what is the process? Yeah. How do you get somebody to kind of get underwhelmed? Well, I think the first thing is to really understand where overwhelm comes from. And overwhelm in every area comes from an underestimation, hmm. right? So hmm. if you're experiencing trouble in your finances, you've underestimated your expenses. Hmm. If you're having challenges in your time management, you've underestimated your time. Hmm. And so it's really getting people to have a clear estimation of what it's going to take to accomplish. So what most people do is they say, I need to get organized. Mm-hmm. Go Google organization right now. 536 million different ways to get organized. <laughs> I'm not now making I'm more disorganized. Up. Now I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and the problem is organization is not the first step, right? So anybody, well, you got a time block. Write it in your calendar and time block. If you get somebody organized without getting real clear on what their priorities are, mm-hmm. it's, it's trying to go faster in the midst of over, you're just going to become more and more overwhelmed. So what we help people do, you know, and coaching is really three things, helping people get clarity, mm-hmm. what they really want, helping people manage their perspective and helping people deal with their current or past experiences. Mm-hmm. And so in overwhelm, we're going to do clarity on what you really want. And that's mm-hmm. priorities. Mm-hmm. So we have people will work to identify what are their real priorities. And that could be one coaching session. Mm-hmm. It might be over time because, oh, this is a priority. And then we start to put it in the calendar and we see it's, it's not really a priority. And we come back to what is the real priority? So we help you prioritize. You know, we're a business coaching company. And what we tell people is, let's start with your family and personal priorities. And then we get the business priorities and then some of your other priorities. Once we've identified your priorities, then we can help you get organized. And that becomes a simple process of kind of mm-hmm. taking a high vision, laying out the year, mm-hmm. planning the month, scheduling the week, and prioritizing the day. And then once we have that down, we're going to show you a way to systemize that and automate it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you ask for help, yeah. it requires a certain level of humility. Mm-hmm. I think people either do that because they're like, I don't want to experience pain, or alternatively, get to the point where they've experienced so much pain, mm-hmm. it's obvious they need help. Yep. I was in uh, Dallas one time, and a lady came up to me, and she said, I need to talk to you about my coach. And I said, oh, okay. She goes, I need you to find me a new coach. And I go, okay, well, what's the problem? How's business? Well, business is great. I'm killing it. I'm doing making more money than I ever made in my life. You know, my expenses are down. I'm achieving my goals. Like, okay, so what is the problem? She said, I cannot stand to listen to that boy's voice. It's like <laughs> nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> right. On one hand, I thought, well, that's bloody ridiculous. Sure. I mean, you're getting the, what you want out of this thing. You're getting a massive return on your investment. And then I thought about it and went, well, that makes total sense. Why would you look forward to getting on a call with somebody who just kind of, you know, was like nails on a chalkboard? Yeah. So what is the chemistry or what, what should people look for in a coach or how do you match them? Well, yeah. What's the process? Well, we have a very defined way of matching people. But to answer your question, like you should look forward to your coaching call. Right. If you're working with a coach, that's something you should look forward to having a conversation with that person. Now, it shouldn't be a comfortable conversation, right? Because all growth comes from discomfort. Mm-hmm. And so our job as coaches is to make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But we're going to make you uncomfortable a little bit at a time, right? Mm-hmm. But if I can't stand the sound of somebody's voice, then, yeah, find somebody whose voice you can mm-hmm. stand. I think when you're looking for a coach, you want to make sure of a couple of things. You want to make sure that they've got a proven track record of success, mm-hmm. right? I'm a huge advocate for the coaching industry, but we are an unregulated industry. Mm-hmm. The barrier of entry is incredibly low. You know, a lot of our clients are in the real estate space. That's a low barrier of entry, but you at least got to spend $300 and get a license. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that with coaching. Anybody mm-hmm. can call themselves a coach. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a coach, you want somebody that has a proven track record of success. You want to have someone that has a system that they work towards that also is proven success. Mm -hmm. And I think you want to have somebody that you're aligned with. And if that's the sound of the voice, 
that's great. You know, mm-hmm. when we match people with coaches, we're really looking for. We're a business coaching company, so we're looking for what is the person trying to accomplish in their business. Mm-hmm. And then we have the unique ability, I guess, that we have our own proprietary psychographic assessment. We call it a heritage profile. Brian and Kevin talked about it a couple of episodes ago. And so one of the things we want to match coaches are on their rhythm, mm-hmm. the speed. If somebody's very methodical, it's tough to work with somebody who's moving at a very quick pace. Mm-hmm. So we look at those three things. What's the business? What's the coach's expertise? And what's the pace? Mm-hmm. You can have somebody who just, I don't like the sound of that person's voice. Right. But you can also have somebody who you're like, we get on great. And not get any results. But not get any results. Yeah. And then that comes back to, I guess, clearly defined goals. Yeah. About what outcome are we looking for this relationship, regardless of where we got on well or not? Yeah. You know, I think in a coaching relationship, it is a relationship. Right. Now, there should be results involved in that. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting results... If you're going to a fitness trainer and you're getting fatter, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Either you're not doing what they're mm-hmm. asking or they're not coaching you well, mm-hmm. right? That was a bit personal, Dave. But anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> so it's a relationship. I think the thing that can happen, though, is that it can't become all about the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So several times when I was coaching somebody, we'd get to a place where they hit a plateau. Mm-hmm. And I think the client has to be honest about that and tell the coach, hey, listen, I'm not getting what I need out of you. And here's what I need. Can you give it to me? And the other thing is the coach has to be honest about that. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I might have to tell a client, I'm not the right guy for you anymore. Right. Because we've hit a place Mm -hmm. where I'm white noise to you. Mm -hmm. We have a great relationship, but you and I can have a conversation for free. You're paying me to get results. Right. And a good coach should know whether or not it's a good fit or if it's going in the right direction as well before even a client, right? Absolutely. If you've hired a good coach, your coach should sense that and be willing to have that conversation with you. And, and it doesn't mean, hey, we fit that plateau, so I need to move on to somebody else. But it's hit that plateau. Let's have a conversation about that. And let's find out, do I need to approach you differently? Do you need to approach this differently? You know, a lot of people would be a coaching relationship for a long time. And all of a sudden, it becomes automatic. And I'm just going to show up on my coaching mm-hmm. call and we're going to talk about stuff instead of here's what I want to accomplish here's mm-hmm. the outcome I want you know come prepared for it for some people I, I see as well with coaching or training or mentoring and there are some relationships where you get in and get out Yeah, there are some times when you just need I need a training program for the day I need a skill building I don't need to be in it all the time and even for coaching right yeah. it's like I don't need to be in it for you know 20 years yeah. however this year we'll have over 600 people who have been with us 15 years yeah. or more we have people who have paid us every single month for coaching now when I've explained that to some people, I know by the look on their face, they're thinking, do you slow have the learner. slow learner yep. group? You know? <laughs> All right, is this a codependency relationship? Right. Is this a therapy? But there's much more than that. Yeah. Why is it that the ongoing process of coaching, what happens in the when you invest in yourself and you start tackling some of the big stuff in your life or some of the little stuff in your life, why is it that people are on this journey for so long? You bring up a good point. It's You need to know what you're getting into when you get into it. What's your end game? And it might be my end game is I want to accomplish this and then I'm done with it. But the reason we have so many people stay with us so long is part of our coaching process is that there's a sequence to success. Mm-hmm. That if you follow certain steps in certain orders, mm-hmm. it will always lead to success. Mm-hmm. And as you're going down that path, so we'll be with somebody who gets into coaching because let's say they're overwhelmed. I'm in coaching because I want to get organized. Great. We'll do a lot of diagnosis of where that's coming from. We'll identify their priorities. We'll help them with that process of getting organized. And that's the goal. We have a very clear goal. And as we reach that goal, we have them set another goal. Mm -hmm. Because as they achieve a goal, I'm disorganized, so I don't see all the possibility that's in front of me. But as I start to get more organized, now I see more possibility, and here's a goal I want to achieve. Right. And so so then we move them down the sequence of success, mm-hmm. down that path, 
And so I think what happens with a lot of our clients who have been with us 10, 15, 20 years is they're continually growing. Mm-hmm. And they're continually going down that sequence of success for maybe they started in survival. We helped them get the stability, mm-hmm. then success, mm-hmm. and now significance, right? People want to contribute. Mm-hmm. And it's an inborn mm-hmm. need, I think, for people to contribute. And, and that's part of the, the growth and goal process. Right. Yeah. And life has grown alongside it, right? I yeah. mean, you know, I've had people who have said to me, well, I'm afraid to market and promote myself because it'll blow up my system. Mm. I'm like, well, why don't we do that first? Sure. And then we'll be able to provide a system along the way. Yeah. But the same way is life is constantly evolving, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you have little kids. Mm-hmm. They need different things. Your mm-hmm. business is in an infant stage. It needs different things. Then you get some customers, and then you blow out your systems. The kids grow out of diapers. Now they're in school. Now you're driving them to school. Now they're in the calendar. It's constantly an evolving process. It's just not one plate spinning, is it? No, and you evolve as a person, right? Early on. There's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm not going to go into all the needs, mm-hmm. but you know the, the basic needs are food and shelter. Mm-hmm. So you, you, usually early on when you get into a business coaching relationship, you're just trying to help your business become profitable, mm-hmm. right? And then once it's profitable, there's things you want to do. And, and so what happens is people, they start just achieving goals. I'm going to set a goal and achieve it, and they become achievers. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you're at a place where I can achieve any goal I want to achieve, and there's something missing. And I know a lot of people have felt that, that boy, I'm at this place and I've achieved everything that I want to achieve and I feel empty. And that's mm-hmm. because there's a difference between achievement and high performance. Mm-hmm. And high performance is when your goals align with your purpose. Mm-hmm. So now you're in a place where you're comfortable. We'll start to work on people. What are your true values? Mm-hmm. What is your true purpose? Mm-hmm. And how can we now create goals that are aligned in that purpose? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a big job. Yeah. Big stuff. But also, you know, we live what we teach too. I mean, mm-hmm. as you said, I've got coaches in every area of my life. Mm-hmm. I meet with people on a regular basis, but I know that you're very much being very insistent and it's non-negotiable for the coaches to constantly go through the process of being coached. Yeah. Yeah. We we have internally, we have peer coaching, so coaches coaching each other, mm-hmm. but we've brought in, we've brought in outside coaches to help us really look at what our coaching process is and how we can continually grow mm-hmm. in that. And it makes things a little uncomfortable for a while, doesn't oh, yeah. it? Yeah. Here's the deal. The coaching industry is 20 years old. Mm-hmm. We've been at this 20 years. Mm-hmm. We're pioneers in the coaching industry. Mm. We don't want somebody coming in telling us what to do, right? That's true. <laughs> but it is, just like everybody else. You know, you start to see things as you see them, and you can't see the possibility. You bring an outside perspective. Yeah. And a lot of these outside coaching companies that we've brought in, they've shown us everything we've done right. And here's a different take on it. Mm-hmm. But some of it has been, wow, we've missed that. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, we're doing a good job. I'm thrilled about what we get to do for a living. But I think the best thing is is the fact that, as you say, you get to see it's the watching your customers go through the mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean to you and the coaches? I mean, that's a big piece of it, right? I mean, the, forget the process yeah. and all that. But it's like, what does that mean to you, and what does it mean to the coaches? You know it takes a special person to be a coach, right? We've studied our top coaches and what the best coaches have. I've, like you said, I've been outside of Buffini Company studying coaches. The best coaches are, they really have a passion to serve people. Mm-hmm. They have an unwavering belief in whatever their process is. Like our coaches, they know our system works. But the best coaches are completely transparent and completely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a great coach, compassion. When you can be with a client, feel the experience they're going through, mm-hmm. the pain they're going through, mm-hmm. but don't buy into the pain they're going through, mm-hmm. right? If I don't have that compassion with you and I see you're struggling in whatever area and I'm just saying, hey, do this, do this, do this, I'm just somebody else telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. 
But if I can come alongside you, experience what you're experiencing, and then without buying into it, start asking you questions to help you see a different path, mm-hmm. it's transformational. Mm-hmm. I just think we're surrounded by people who want to help us. Yeah. And we talked about it too. Is you don't necessarily need a coach. No. Right? Yeah. Not everybody gets a coach, but you, you've got to say, like, everybody gets better with a coach. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was you. Somebody was saying, why does everybody need a coach? Mm-hmm. I said, nobody needs a coach, right? But we're all going to be better with a coach. And I, and I honestly believe that because of a couple of things. It's going to come back to, I sound like a broken record. It's going to come back to clarity, perspective, and experience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is perspective. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, we all know what we know. And there's more than we know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, people will ask me, it's like, okay, who are your coaches? And I go, I got so many people talking to me and people, but I proactively look for it. Mm-hmm. But also my number one coach on a daily basis is my assistant, Kristen. Mm-hmm. And she's very opposite to me in a lot of ways. So I lean on her. I'm her boss, but she's kind of my manager. Sure. She's the one who goes, hey, what are you trying to do? She's the one who goes, well, you told me that's a priority, but this is on your calendar. You know, I think we all have to submit to something. One of the other things I figure is a huge piece in running a business or just running your databases is that the calendar has to be the boss. Mm. And the calendar should reflect what your priorities are. Mm -hmm. But asking for as much help as you can from the right people, it is a total game changer. And, you know, there's a lot of people listening here who who will never have a coach. But, you know, maybe you could give just a couple of tips right now. Like, you're the coach. Yeah. Uh, we got an audience out there. Okay. Can you give some of your best tips or some things that maybe they might be able to implement straight away? So what would be your best advice? Sure. Before I do that, I, I want to just make an observation. It's something you said, you know, Kristen is your assistant, mm-hmm. and yet she's your coach. She manages mm-hmm. up to you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if anybody is considering coaching mm-hmm. from us or anybody else, right. right, and you wonder how you have to show up in coaching, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple things, and you exhibit it. You, you're the CEO of our company, mm-hmm. right? Your job is to create our vision. Mm-hmm. and align us in that vision and make sure that we, you know, hit our revenue numbers and you have to report to the chairman of the board, yeah, right? And you are the most coachable person I've ever met, mm. right? You're not somebody that comes in and tells people, do this, do this, do this, do this. You're somebody who comes in and asks questions. Mm. Then you may give direction, but you're always looking to, well, what can I learn from that situation? And I, and I think that's the key to a successful coaching relationship for somebody. We coach CEOs. Mm-hmm. And there are people that have more business experience than their coach. Mm. And yet they're getting a ton out of their coaching relationship because they come with an open mind and allowing the coach to ask the questions that mm-hmm. are going to draw out the best of them. Mm-hmm. So a couple tips to achieve mm-hmm. any goal that you want to go. Uh, I think the first is um, I talked about the sequence of success. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Brian has said this and I've seen it to be true without fail. If you follow the sequence of success, you will achieve any goal that you really want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And the sequence starts, you know, you start out in survival in any area. And, and survival doesn't mean that you can't eat today necessarily. Right. Like if, if you want to run a marathon, survival is you can't run a mile yet. Right. right? The key to getting from survival to stability is you got to put habits in place. Mm-hmm. So it's not about running 26 miles right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It's about running three days a week consistently. Get that habit in place. Mm-hmm. To get from stability to success, it's a change of mindset, mm-hmm. right? So from survival to stability is a change in habit. Habit, yeah. Right. And then from the stability stage, once you stabilize and you've got a kind of routine and, yep. and you start to experience success, there's a change in mindset. In our mindset. First, it's about running. Just get out and run. Mm-hmm. Build a habit of Move. running, right? <laughs> now, there's a better way to run than not, 
right? Mm-hmm. So now that's mindset. Am I running the right way? Am I efficient in my stride? Am I mm-hmm. so now to get from stability to success, it's it's a change in mindset. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some people's success is where we're gonna stop. Mm-hmm. If you want to be significant in it, then it's a change of heart. You become a runner. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just who you are. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is to realize that there's a sequence of success and that you cannot jump the sequence. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't worry about your stride if you're not running every day. Well, I got a story, a quick story I've okay. never told, and I probably shouldn't, but you know, we got a bit of time, so I'm going to do it. I, I experienced this when I was about six years of age in Dublin. We went to our local swimming pool, and I was kind of a good little soccer player. I fancied myself a bit. You know, I went to the Olympic-sized swimming pool, and it went from like two feet deep up to about nine feet. And the lady said to us, and we all lined up, six-year-old, seven-year-old boys, and said, okay, the deep end, we have the sharks. And after the sharks, down about the sixth feet, we have the we have the dolphins. And then she worked her way down and went from dolphins to goldfish to the tadpoles. I'm like, I am not a tadpole. I'm definitely a shark. And I've seen swimming on television, so I'm just going to waddle on up there. <laughs> so one after the other, she said, you know, jump in, swim across the pool. And one kid did it, and the next kid did it. And I'm like, I'm watching. I can do this. So I jumped in. Started swimming like a madman, arms flaying, and I realized I was actually progressively going further and further and further <laughs> to the point when I looked up, all I could see was a light and a lot of water. Oh, and I remember no. thinking, I'm going to die. <laughs> and the instructor, she let me sit there. Sure. Because she was letting me know. She was just giving me that little bit of space so that I could actually fully learn the fact yep. that I may not be a shark. Next thing in came the pole, wrapped around my neck. She pulled me up like a gaffed fish, threw me on the side. Right. I got up, eyes bulging, you know, fluids running out my eyes, nose, and every other area. And she went, you are a tadpole. <laughs> so I can attest right. to the fact that I might have skipped the sequence a little bit because of ego or thought, or maybe thought it was a bit easier. So I just thought I'd share that with try you. So to I am jump actually, the sequence. I am yeah. a tadpole. And that's where most people get in trouble. They try to jump the sequence, right? So once you understand the sequence of success, then here's the next key to achieving any goal. First is you have to know what you really want to achieve, mm. right? And it has to be your goal, and it has to be a compelling goal. And sometimes that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. And it's not quick. No. You and I have talked a lot about health and fitness. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the last four years, I've had a goal to get down to 195. Mm-hmm. For the last four years, I've been 215, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not my real goal, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's a goal I think I should have, but there's something underlying that goal. Now, mm-hmm. you start talking with a coach. They ask you questions, what's important about that goal, and you realize that there's health and fitness and family life and the ability to do some things and live a little bit longer. I'm dropping weight now because it, it was never about 195 was about something else. So you got to get real clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes that exploration process might take months. Mm. And then once you have what you want to achieve, you got to take action toward that goal. And that's where experience comes in because mm-hmm. you're going to take action like you've taken action before. And so you're going to get results like you have before. A good coach is going to start asking questions about what you've done in the past. Mm. What can we do differently? So where have you won in the past that we can get you in today? Totally. So good experience, good memories, Mm -hmm. places where you know, yeah, I know what that looks like. I know what that feels like. I'm bringing that into today. Yeah. And let's say you've never had a win right now. That that would be rare. We can always Mm -hmm. find someplace. Listen, Dave, I I just, I've never, I've been a loser all my life. life. So we'll start asking questions about that. Well, what's that like? Mm. Tell me what it's like to lose. Mm. How's that make you feel? Mm. Where do you feel it? And then you get the person to kind of experience that pain for a while, and the question switches. What would you like it to be like? Mm. Well, I'd like to be this. And they start to come up the other side, Mm -hmm. and you get to have them see what's possible. So kind of framing the experience is important. Mm -hmm. And then perspective is, is the next big thing. We see the world the way we see the world. And that is not the only way to see the world, mm. right? So mm. 
in our world, I might have somebody that struggles making calls, right? I don't want to call people that I know, ask them for a referral. Who like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people who like me, trust me, want to refer me. Don't want to call any of them. Right. No, but it makes sense sure. because we have a relationship and now mm-hmm. I'm calling and asking you and it, what it feels like is I'm sticking my hand in your pocket, mm-hmm. taking your money, mm-hmm. right? That's a perspective a lot of people have. Right. Well, that's great. It's a valid perspective. What's another one? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? What, what would be another reason for me to call you other than take your money? Maybe just to say hi. Great. So one w- reason for making calls is just to have a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Give me another perspective. And then you, you right. walk people around right. these perspectives, and then you ask them, which one feels mm-hmm. best to you? Where do yeah. you want to live? Brilliant. So we help change perspective. That's too. great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So change perspective. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, I really think that's it. If you have a clear goal... If you really pay attention to the experience and are you getting the results that you want, and if you don't get the results you want, then you learn from that. There's a learning. You know, we have, with our clients, action steps on every call. Mm-hmm. We always follow up on the action steps, mm-hmm. and oftentimes they're not done. And we're not following up to make somebody feel bad. Mm-hmm. The question we're going to ask after that is, you were supposed to do these three things. What got done? Nothing. Great. What did you learn from that? Mm-hmm. Right? Because maybe they weren't the right action steps. Mm-hmm. So, Or they get it done the night before the call. Yeah. I mean, well, it doesn't matter. You don't care. Yeah, no, there's, if there's a pressure point, yeah, right. that's, that's part of the value of coaching. And so I think you learn from whatever you do, good and bad, and then you adjust. And if, if you follow that process and realize the sequence of success, you'll achieve every goal. Right. Yeah. Well, Dave, this has been great. I'm very, very proud of the work that you guys do mm-hmm. and what you do with the coaches each and every day. It's a fantastic team. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it truly does help people. And I think for anybody listening on this call, I hope that you heard that there's there's a couple of things. One is there's... If things haven't been going right, that's okay Mm -hmm. because you can make the next step in the right direction. You can reset at any time. And also that there's just so much help out there. As you say, if you change your perspective and you go looking for it and you're in the mindset of the fact that, hey, I need some help. Because I also think the other benefit of that is when you are in a position where you are receiving help and coaching and mentoring, you actually start doing it for other people just naturally. Yeah. So I hope everybody's got some great stuff out of this today. I know I have. Thanks again for being on here. I'm oh, sure pleasure. we'll have you on again. Great. Keep up the great work. Last week on the show, Brian gave away a free complimentary coaching session, and it's still valid. So head over to buffiniandcompany.com slash CCS and test it out and let us know what you think. Hopefully you enjoy that process. So as I finish today, I'll leave you with an Irish blessing our grandfather always said. May the roads rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.